You staying home tonight? I hadn't planned on it, no. Plan on it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another wonderful edition of Glass Half Broken. I'm Colin. And my name is Tom. And uh, Aaron is out. Uh, it is her birthday. She's uh, with her family, her husband, and her children. And uh, so, so we're here doing this uh, on our own for right now. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Uh, we're, we're trying to really kind of keep it, uh, keep them, you know, not too long anyway. But um, yeah, why don't we get right into? No one wants to listen to your three-hour podcast. Yeah, but um, at the same time, uh, you've got some things to say. I hear. Yeah, this is. <laughs> Let's just get right into it. Yeah, we can just start off on something really stupid. All right. Um, I love it. Uh, the the drummer and vocalist from Dark Throne, uh, Fenris. Uh, what the fuck? What the fuck is his the name? His parents gave him. So yes, uh, this is a a metal band the, from Norway. Yeah, yeah. They're they're basically one of the essential second wave black metal bands. Um. And what the fuck is his full name? God, I'm going to butcher his full name. Gilv Fenris Nagel. Sounds about um, right. Or otherwise known as Fenris. Uh, but yeah, they've, they, he's been doing the Dark Throne thing since like the late 80s, I mm. want to say. Um, he, has, he has this very like goofy online pers- personality. He has, a, he, has a, he has his own podcast he does mixtapes and stuff like that in addition to dark throne and his day job which i believe is a school teacher um but anyway the relevant thing now to today is that long story short he got elected to public office on accident (laughs) in his hometown uh basically they had kind of tapped him on the shoulder and said like hey do you want to be like a backup council member for us you know you probably won't have to do anything, but you know, just just to have you serve as like like backup in case like somebody like dies or something like that. And he's like, sure, whatever, fine. Uh, and he he has this little campaign of him, him a, a picture of him with his cat saying, "Please don't vote for me," <laughs> in Norwegian. <laughs> and that did not work. No, that did, that, <laughs> that that had the opposite effect. <laughs> Because he is a local celebrity, and of course, everybody who knew who he was just like came out and voted for him. Wow. So now he has... I, I don't know what the deal is with this position. I'm not Norwegian. I don't know anything about Norwegian politics, or even the, the local politics of his city. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if he can just resign if he wants to. I mean, it's not like he's a touring musician or anything. Like, Dark Throne right. is still a bedroom band. Right, yeah. But at the same time, like, like what, like, what does he, like, yeah, I don't know what the position is, and, like, even how qualified he would be to, to kind of do that, and especially since, like, since you, you said he was, he, he has his day job as well. Yeah. Of, like, 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 what, what the hell I is mean, he? it, it, it's just, what I'm reading here is just that he's a councilman. Okay. I don't know if that's, like, a city alderman, like, in Chicago or something like that. Yeah, once, yeah, I'm, I'm also not versed in, in Norwegian local <laughs> politics. But yeah, uh, here's a here's a quote from Fenris himself. Basically, they called and asked if I wanted to be on their list of backup represent- representatives. I said, yeah, I think I would be like 18th on the list, and I really wouldn't have to do anything. They just need a list to be able to. Well, it's hard to talk about politics in another in another language. And then yeah, his campaign consisted of that picture of just him saying, "Please don't vote for me." <laughs> 
Oh man, and like and he and he and he looks like a metalhead. I mean, he he he's got yeah. The, he he looks like a metalhead from the eighties. So. Yeah, so it's it's kind of weird that uh, I mean, like, who knows what maybe in Norway that's just a normal thing. You, you go to like any kind of like you know public meeting of uh, of politicians or something like that, and uh, like there's just like. They're and I have I have no I I have no idea how big or small his hometown is. Right. His hometown is what the fuck is his hometown? Yeah, you Colboten. Uh, Colboten? Colboten. There's not enough vowels in that name. <laughs> Norway. You need to fix your language. Um Yeah, I just think I, I just thought that was crazy the other day when I heard it just that you have this this ardent metalhead getting elected to a public position. <laughs> I mean like the weird weirder shit has happened here in the United States. I mean like there there have been like I don't think anyone's gotten elected on accident though. <laughs> on, on accident? No, but like people have like elected like uh like like animals. Oh, yeah. to office and things like that. So it's like it, it's you know weird shit like that does happen. And then we've also had in the US we've had Chris Novoselic and uh Sonny Bono. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so, so musicians, ha- you know, I mean, yeah, they do become politicians, yeah. but like they wanted to be, they wanted to become politicians. Yeah, you know, they 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 weren't had, didn't have campaigns. Chris Novoselic didn't uh, take a picture of him and his cat and go like, please don't vote for me. <laughs> yeah, he he wanted to get voted oh, for. God, yeah, you know, people for people to vote for him. So that's definitely. Something. I don't know, maybe I should maybe I should not run for something around here because I know there's at least and in, in, at least in my district there's one. Uh, I forget what the hell. I don't know if it's coroner or some bullshit like that that's been running unopposed for like the last three elections. <laughs> I could just put up a picture of me holding my dog saying, "Don't vote for me," <laughs> and then people will just be all like, "I vote for you." You're not a local celebrity, yeah. So you got to get famous, then say, "Don't I, vote." I, for I could, me. I could become famous as that guy that just shits on people's lawns. Uh, yeah, and then that could be part of your campaign. Yeah, like, I'm the, I'm that guy that shits on your lawn. And be like, all right, well, it's better than this other guy, whoever this asshole is. I need to become this Wesley Willis type. Yeah. Local. Yeah. Homeless. Homeless guy. I need to become homeless first. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely. That's that's part. Number one, get homeless. Number two, sing crazy songs at people. Number three, get elected to office (laughs) of whatever the the hell. I I miss Wesley Willis. Yeah, he's dead. He was was taken from us too soon. Yeah. You know it's a pain in the ass to like find his music anywhere to like for like legal type purposes. Really? Yeah. Like I couldn't I couldn't find him on Google Play. I'm not sure if he's on like Apple Music or anything. Like yeah, I have no idea. That's something you just have to just search for on Google. No, I, you know, <laughs> I, I take it back, there's one compilation of his like keyboard songs, not with the Wesley Willis fiasco, which is like the punk band that followed him around. Right, yeah. But but just just him and his keyboard. Yeah. That's yeah. That's unfortunate. I think I think he had like blood cancer or something like that. I forget. Yeah. I mean, like he was a a homeless. He was he was a vagrant at one point in his yeah. life, and you know, dude had a permanent bruise on his forehead from headbutting his fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the closest thing he had to another Gigi Allen, and then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then he also died of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Gigi Allen died of cancer. I uh, that that sounds about right. Yeah, I could look it up on my phone, but I don't really feel asked to do that. So, <laughs> so don't bother. It's fine. <laughs> Gigi Allen. There you go. That's funny. Um, there was a uh, 
a video, uh, this is from a couple of years ago, but uh, I, I, uh, I just saw it the other day, of uh, Eric Andre uh, talking about uh, different musicians that he likes, um, but then uh, you know, he, he got to Gigi Allen, he says, I'm a big fan of Gigi Allen, uh, he's one of my favorite stand-up comedians. <laughs> it's like, that's very apt for, for Eric Andre. <laughs> It, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was genuinely a fan of Gigi Allen. He he is a genuine. Oh, fan okay, of Gigi all Allen, right. But he, he just kind of said that as a as a as an aside, as a joke there. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was interesting because it was on, um, I believe, uh, Amoeba Music. Uh, they have a, a thing called "What's in My Bag," and it's just basically just like, you know, because it's like a, a music store. So they they uh, so they they give them some money to buy music at their store. Okay. And then uh, like Tim and Eric were on there. Uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk was on there. Uh, like they, they get a bunch of like just different celebrities to to come and, and talk about music that they like. And uh, Eric Andre is on there, and he just likes the most obscure stuff. And then like <laughs> and uh, and like he talks a lot about like, he likes a lot of like scores, like you know, like, really? like film scores and things like that. And like what's uh, in the like uh, like Italian like uh, film scores and things. And like uh, he has like a lot, like a lot of classical music. Uh, and then he just pulls out like a Whitney Houston album. He's just like and then there's Whitney because you know. <laughs> I just like Whitney Houston. Uh, you know so. that remind that re- fucking reminds me of something I saw. Um, do you know? Shit, who was it? Was it Every Frame of Painting? I think it was Every Frame of Painting. Okay. Um, who did a video about essentially why nobody remembers anything from modern film scores? Like okay, he, yeah. he he does this man on the street because he's in Vancouver, so he goes around Vancouver and asks a whole bunch of random people to hum music from movies. Okay, yeah. Like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Harry Potter. People are able to do those movies just fine. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then he's like... Harry Potter's a modern movie. I mean, that's that's not, you know, like... Well, I mean, yeah. modern is in, like, the franchise started, like... Like, Harry... Don't forget, Harry Potter started a long fucking time ago. True. It, it was... I, was, I want to say it was, like, 99 or 2000 yeah. when the first one came out. The first but movie like, came out. Like, when he, when he talks about, like, modern film scores, he's talking about scores for movies within, like, the last 15 years. Okay. Um, yeah. And then he asks everybody to try to hum something from... A Marvel movie, and none of them can fucking no, do no, it can't. outside of like the '60s Spider-Man theme. And like, yeah, well, because it's like a lot, like because music now, especially in big movies like that, like they're made to be more like back, like background, like, like background, like I mean, obviously they're, they're all background music, but like right. background is in like it's like it's it's almost like it's designed not to be noticed. Yeah, yes, yeah, designed not to be noticed, and uh, and I like I. Like there are definitely like there's definitely parts of like like because I listen to uh, the Dark Knight score a lot by Hans Zimmer and oh, yeah. also like uh, to like also like Inception like like it, like I feel Hans Zimmer does a really good job especially in in with working with Christopher Nolan uh, because like there there are you know definitely there's definitely a lot of memorable music in both the Dark Knight and Inception. And uh, especially like that, even though it's not in the movie, but that Inception trailer music by Zach Hempsey, uh, I think that's his name, uh, Zach Hempsey. Uh, but that like that uh, uh, the the uh, the the but then but then, then then it actually is a, the music of um, uh, that that goes with it, and um, uh, it, it it still has it's I mean stuff like that is memorable, and there's there's definitely been uh, yeah actually you know Christopher Nolan and Darren Aronofsky. 
or two like fairly de- decently big directors that still have some fairly memorable and like like Clint, yeah. Man- Clint Mansell makes a very memorable score. But I mean, yeah, to to who, who this this gentleman's credit, like yeah, if if the modern Marvel, I mean, films, can you, I, I mean, I forget if you saw any of the Transformers movies. No, I've never okay. seen any of them. Like nobody can fucking like rattle off any of the music from Transformers movies either. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, and there and as a so- to kind of go along with that, he goes into how movies are scored now, where you essentially have like a fuck, I forget the industry term for it, but they have like a test score mm-hmm. for the movie where they take a score from another movie and they use it in a scene in the new movie. Just to see how it just to see how it looks and sounds and see if they get the mood right and then they compose their score from there. So they, they and you base can, it around a, a... You can a, see the problems inherent with this. Right, and the fact that you don't have your own sound. Right. Yeah. And he has, like, a shitload of examples of ones where they know... Where they know what the test score was, and they compare that with the final score. They sound pretty fucking similar. Right, yeah. And I then can, he has, like, a whole second video where he goes into... Alright, so I've rummaged through all this movie music, <laughs> and I think, I think this is what they were using... As the as the original like prototype score, right. before writing the actual score for the movie, mm. and that there's only one instance of a studio actually getting in trouble for plagiarism, and that was for 300. Really? Yeah. Like there's this one scene with like a, this ominous chant when uh, I almost said Spartacus, <laughs> Le- Le- Leonidas. Leonidas. Yeah. Leonidas fucking like goes goes through his rite of passage to become a man and the part where he comes back and he's got the wolf skin and that shit. Okay. Like, like the like the ominous Greek chanting uh, in that. Like, that was... That's almost, like, note for note the same as another score. Okay. And, like, Warner Brothers came out and apologized for that. Okay, yeah. Because well, that was, like, the, that was the one time that it, ever, they ever, like, apologized or acknowledged that. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, that... Like, I, I actually think that Tyler Bates's, um score for 300 was actually fairly memorable. Like, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, especially like that. That was another thing where it's like that, like there, like a lot of people tried to ape that score because it's like it was just so big and and like intimidating. And that in turn was aping other scores. Okay, too. I, yeah, okay. I mean, and at the same time, like, like I, I could see also an, a, like the argument for s- certain scores being homages to other scores and things like that. Which, but at the same time, like even the, you know, there's there's always a discussion of like what is an homage and what's just a plain ripoff. And uh, and then and then like and then like like what what is right and the, a lot of these it sounds like they have like the the same sort of chord progression right They're just like all right we're just gonna change the key of it oh yeah or it's like yeah there's always like because there's, there's like a, there's so many different um, I don't know why this maybe and think. I mean there's I mean like everyone's seen like the four the four chords video that every I mean I'm sure you've seen this too that every maybe. pops every, this is a comedy routine. That every pop song has the same four fucking chords in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, th- I think I've seen that. I, I've also you know, seen. There's, all, there's when you're working within certain genres. There's only so many things you can do that will sound good. Right. But this is. I, I think it goes beyond that into the point where, like, composers and directors are kind of stifling their own creativity to an extent by the methodology that they're using. Right, and I, th- I think that's it's a, it's. Alright, there's a similar th- th- that. And there's no, there's not a shitload of memorable movie music anymore outside of like licensed songs. Right, and then, but then, yeah. Once, once again, like I mean, every once in a while you'll get like either Clint, Clint Mansell or um, what's his name, Carter Burwell. 
I want to say. Uh, Coen Brothers use him a lot. Um, I want to say it's Carter Burwell. Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, J- uh, Johnny Green something. He's he's in Radiohead, um, but he does a lot of movie. He, he does a lot of music uh, movie music now for okay. like Hollywood and so like that. And he he makes some very. Uh, uh, memorable music. Uh, he he did like there will be blood, and I, th- I want to say he was nominated for an Oscar. Okay, um, I, I could be completely wrong, uh, but like yeah, you still get those, but like maybe probably not as you know much as like I mean yeah, you look at like the mid '80s and you have like like here's you know you know, you know music from Ghostbusters, music from Star Wars, yeah. music from Indiana Jones, music from the, like like every other movie had this memorable score. Here's the, the, the new Superman movie. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so then, whereas now it's just sort of like I have to kind of think for a second and be all like. Oh, the Dark Knight had a good score like five, seven years ago. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah. So like, I'm having to actually, you know, think. But then, then when I'm thinking of like, all right, in this past year, it's like, what, like, what was a uh, like a a you know like twenty a 2016 release with a, a memorable score? And I'm like, oh, Deadpool. I I know Deadpool had you know licensed music <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy a couple but uh, well, that was all <laughs> that was all licensed music yeah um, oh well, I, okay um, Mad Max Fury Road the Junkie XL score is really good okay the, yeah like but once that's it, actually that's actually one of the ones that was that he used as an example but I can I can see where you're coming from on okay, that. okay. So, so so apparently that was also stuff that they they borrowed that was quote unquote uh, inspired by another score. Yeah, okay. But I like the score of that movie too. Oh yeah, it's a good, it's a good score. Like, like and and then like um, what about I, yeah, I know we're going back like 6 years now, but um <laughs> but like the Tron Legacy, like you know Daft Punk. God, in. that was so fucking good. That's such that's such an amazing soundtrack. That's one of the greatest soundtracks ever. And I'm like is is, is like ew, do you think that that was <laughs> like do you like do you think that there's anything in there that's from like you know, inspired by something else, or like it, I would be shocked if it was. I mean, like, because I mean, it, it. I mean, to my ear, it sounds like Daft Punk just kind of sat around and like did their thing, and also like listened to a bunch of like old movie scores too. Yeah, to get inspiration. Yeah, because like, and I was actually really surprised, like pleasantly surprised, at just how much like cinematic score there was in that score. Yeah, and um, but uh, sorry, I'm hiccuping. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think there's also said something to be said about genre that not every genre of not, that not every film needs to have like melodramatic music. But right, yeah, like when you have the Marvel movies as big as they are, yeah, those should have a theme. widely there should as be as widely aped as they are. Yeah, totally. There should be a theme to the Avengers. Like there should be like a distinct like, hey, sing the Avengers theme, and everyone's like, oh yeah, and da, 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 you know, whatever. <laughs> like, and then and they just go into it like they would go into like you know like da 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 like you know something like a Back to the Future. I don't know, maybe, or maybe like I mean like, maybe directors feel like that's corny or old or something like that. That is I true. A lot of people maybe have been, a lot of people do kind of like uh, like one, one uh, like a bit of flack that uh, uh, Marvel gets. Or you know Marvel you know films get yeah. is that like it's everything is very self-aware and like they're they're almost like too afraid to take things seriously so they have to have the wisecrack or they have to have the very like self-aware humor in there because they're kind of afraid to take it too seriously or afraid to be too corny and um, yeah, I don't I, can... I don't I don't mind that um, you know I kind of like the kind of the witty you know snappy dialogue and things like that but um, I can see where people are coming from 
when uh, when you know like it's like I was like all right well this part's kind of cheesy and weird so we have to have Tony Snark, Stark come in and say something really you know sarcastic or something like that just just to kind of like to to let the audience know like no we know this is corny here here's Tony Stark being a wise ass. And um, yeah. so, like, I, th- I think that has to do with it. So I think maybe if they, they were to have some kind of, like, theme, like, to, like, like a, a big musical number, or not, not a big musical number, but, you know what I mean, like a big musical, like, theme, then, yeah, they might think, like, then they would need to have Tony Stark come and go, like, oh, we're a bunch of superheroes, like, well, we just need our own theme music, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um... Have Tony Stark walking out there with like a boombox, yeah, something like that. Is going like, oh, look at look at me, guys! I made us a mixtape. Oh, yeah. but uh, ironically, of course, it's right. <laughs> this is totally not within Tony Stark's character. At no, all. no, it's not. I don't, I don't know. Where, I don't know where we went with with Tony Stark, but like, but you know what I mean. But shit, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Another score that I find memorable, not for like melody or anything like that, but like texture. Uh, the fucking we were talking about this the other day. The Dead Man score. Oh, okay, yeah, we were, yeah, we were talking. About, I've, I've actually, I've Jim Jaramusch basically just. Uh, yeah, I know you haven't, you haven't, so seen, haven't the seen the movie, movie yet. I, I really like this movie yeah. when it came out. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen it this since this, this, this since it was new, but I've listened to the score since then. <laughs> oh, I've had movies like that totally. Uh, but yeah, Jim Jaramusch just sat Neil Young in front of the movie with his guitar and an amplifier and just played that's awesome and that's it's great just yeah. like it's it's this weird you know there it, it's just neil young playing and it's just this this uh this wall of guitar grit and texture and it it suits the movie perfectly right yeah Where it's like almost this this like weird mutation off of the sergio leone not uh he was the director the fuck marcone ennio marcone thank yes. you ennio <laughs> marcone all, all fucking Italians, God. Um, <laughs> You're an Italian. I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> a, like, a Greek Italian. Like this weird, this weird mutation off of like an Ennio Marcone. Okay. Spaghetti Western score. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's. I love this movie score, dude. I gotta listen to it again yeah. later today when we're done. But there is all right. So this is is really weird. There's a score for a movie. I've never seen the movie, and I've only ever seen like a trailer for it. It's this incredibly un, like independent film from like 2000 or 2001. Okay. Um, I found it because it was in my like recommend like because okay. Here's the thing. I was uh, I thought to myself like I wanted to listen to some Soundgarden, so I went to Google Play and I really wanted to hear the song Ty. Because I love that song. Okay, that's a great song. And so I just type in Ty Cobb, and both uh, that comes up. But then also um, uh, this uh, other Ty Cobb comes up by a musician by the name of Eric Bachman. Uh, and but it's, it's it was from a score from this film called Ball of Wax. And I was just like, all right, and it was just like from the score, Ball of Wax. Um, well, here's the weird thing that it's it's one of those um, I've I very rarely see this, but I've seen it every once in a while. Where the name of the soundtrack has its own name. It's called Short Careers, but it's from a film called Ball of Wax. Oh, okay. Uh, I've I've only ever seen this like once or twice ever. Like when people will 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 name the soundtrack a different something different from the, the film. Well, the unused soundtrack from 2001 got its own. Name. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, so I um, I started listening to it, and it's just this weird mixture of like it sounds almost like kind of like a Clint Mansell style like it's just kind of this, this, there's like some like weird ambient that ambient that turns into music 
and like this almost like this almost like Silent Hill esque type music of just this weird almost like it, it it sounds like a horror soundtrack. It's a psychological and then it like turns into garage rock or something. Like. Um, but like uh, yeah, there's yeah, and there's, and there's like there's just some like some good uh, like you know a little bit of guitar in there, and like it's just it's a really excellent score. Uh, and and I I looked up a trailer and it's basically it looks like a weird little like independent like it looks super independent like super <laughs> independent like back in the old days of IFC when they would they would yeah, have their yeah. yeah they're they're like I mean this sounds like something we would have caught like some Sunday morning when we were hanging out right yeah like watching IFC yeah and something like that uh, and it's basically about a like a minor league baseball team and like one like one of the the teammates or like that is like like slowly going crazy or something. Oh, okay. Like it's weird. Like once again, I only really like watch this, watch the uh, trailer. Um, but it's it's like uh, and look like one of the uh, the the names of the uh, the pieces on the on the score is called uh, uh, a diamond is the devil's eye, and it's talking about a baseball, okay. talking about a baseball diamond, and like and it's just like and it's really yeah really moody and it's just it's an excellent score and I was just like I, one of these days I should probably just see the movie because I listen to the, the score constantly but it's probably gonna be really weird to watch the movie and then hear the score the score that I've heard a thousand times in this movie I've never seen right right <laughs> but um, yeah yeah so yeah the name of the score is called short careers which it's from it's all music from the film ball of wax uh, Eric Bachman um, B a c h uh, m a n n I believe is, is how you, how you spell like, that. Like Richard Bachman, the old yeah, yeah. Stephen King yeah. pseudonym. Pseudonym. It's pseudonym. It's pseudonym. There's your Homestar Runner reference there you for go. the day. That's, that's Homestar Runner reference for the, this year. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and it's so like it's it's really weird how like and I like and there are a lot of different scores that um, like are, are really memorable, but then also the film is not. <laughs> there, yeah, there's been a few like that. Um, I can't like off the top of my head, I can't think of it. But like, well, if you're talking about like also, hell, I think the uh, the soundtrack album for the movie The Saint. Oh yeah, was absolutely. a little bit more memorable than the movie was. <laughs> yeah, like the sneaker pimps. Yeah, and, like White Town. Yeah, and Daft Punk. And, yeah, and all that. Like that Orbital. Was a, Orbital. Like that was that was a really great soundtrack. Yeah, that was that I, was late '90s techno. I, I mean, saw that movie once and was like, "That's okay." I saw it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "It's, it's all right." It was all right. <laughs> but like, yeah, the, that soundtrack was amazing. And like, then there's also like the God. I, I, I think it's I think it's a good movie to watch now because you just. Because you have Val Kilmer now, <laughs> yeah. and you have Val Kilmer back then. Right. And you also have the combination of Val Kilmer putting on all these, like, crazy, stupid fucking disguises. And he looks like he's from, like, a fucking Eddie Murphy movie or something. Yeah, he does yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, part of that is intentional humor, and then also unintentional. Right, so yeah. So I think it works. It's based on an old, cheesy TV show, too. Yeah. I mean, like, The Saint was a classic, like, TV show, and then, you know, him being a master... That was when they were yeah. that's, That was when they were doing movies based on old TV shows, like that and The Const- Avengers. Constantly, and yeah. The original event, like, the, the 1960s Avengers, not the Marvel Avengers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was that, and then there was... Yeah, there was, there was just a ton from, like... Sit- Good job. So, from, like, sitcoms... You knocked that thing over. Yeah, there's, like, like sitcom movies, and, like, drama movies, and, like, like the, like how they would also... Weird, I mean, this is back in the 80s, though, but, like, where they would try to take dramatic shows and turn them into comedies, like Dragnet. Yeah. And, uh... That was really weird. That was weird, and... And now they're doing the opposite thing, where they're taking uh, comedies from the 80s, and they're making them into dramatic TV shows. Okay? 
Like, uh, I, I know it's old, but I still can't get over the whole Teen Wolf thing. I was just about to bring that up, and I was like, wait, is he going to Teen Wolf? Yeah. I think he's going to Teen Wolf. I mean, yeah, Where it's like this weird this fucking is, teen drama. This thing. is several years ago that they, they, they brought this on. I, I'm pretty sure it's not on anymore. Um, I have no idea. I, don't, I mean, I have no I idea. I think the CW pretty much exists to air Supernatural at this point. I think it was MTV that did Teen was Wolf. Was it? Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just such a CW ass show. Yeah, definitely. But um, or maybe it was, and I'm just uh, misremembering it. But I just remember, like, it's uh, like hearing about, like, oh, they're making a Teen Wolf show, and I'm all like, that's crazy. I wonder how crazy that'll be. And then I watch it, and then watch like a trailer for it, uh, and I'm just like, this is fucking Twilight. It's one of those situations where it's just like, why would you even bother to get the license to do this? This is absolutely nothing it, it like had, it. It had it had its fans. I mean, yeah, but it's like, why? Why teen? Why would you <laughs> just make it make a teen? You can make a teenage werewolf show, and like they, they didn't, you know, monopolize or they didn't like, you know, like they don't own the rights to a teenage werewolf well, show. I mean, it's or, like that know, idea or, of like you have to you have to make make the name familiar. To people, so that they'll watch. But anyone who's familiar with Teen it's Wolf like, is going to want a zany comedy with, you know. I understand this. <laughs> yeah. And it was the same thing with um, uh, Parenthood, which. Um, like, oh what, yeah. Uh, like what, what? Okay, here's the thing. The original film, you can t- you can t- it's it's a comedy, but it has dramatic elements. There are dramatic elements in the film Parenthood. Yeah, there is. But at the same time. Like that when the show comes came out and like they're just like oh it's it's a comedy it's a dramedy or something like that and uh, I attempted to watch a little bit of it and I'm just like this is just a straight up fucking soap opera like they you know like there's there's like every once in a while someone will say something kind of funny and you'll be like oh was that was that the comedy portion of the show <laughs> like was it <laughs> was that it and uh, and you know it's it's yeah and once again like yeah parent yeah. The, parent, the original Parenthood film with Steve Martin, like, yeah, it, it was a comedy with dramatic elements in it. Yeah. Like, it, I don't, I would even go so far as to say that I don't even, I wouldn't even consider it a comedy drama. I would still put it in the comedy section some, well, uh, yeah. of, of a, a well, video store like, that does how, not exist, like, video stores don't exist anymore. Like in, hey, I have a family video not that far from my house. Right, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, uh, Fuck! What was that? what was the point I was going to make before you brought? It? Oh yeah, like with the romantic comedies where there's always that like that like sad part where the guy and the girl break up <laughs> and everyone's sad and they have to have a dramatic part before everybody gets back together and is happy. <laughs> it's, it or, or the um, like yeah like there there's there's definitely a lot of movies out there and even like the zaniest comedies where they're just like we have to have a a sad part. We have to have yeah, there, there, has, yeah. there has to be conflict. Like you know, we have, to, we have to put in a conflict in here, no matter how like you know, just like ham-fisted it is. Yeah. And um, that I looks th- terrible on the on the uh, graph right there. <laughs> <laughs> you making those little slap noises? <laughs> but I, I, it, it's um. Oh, you were saying this podcast is going great. <laughs> hey, we're we're meandering. We're meandering in directions that we're supposed to. We're meandering in a, a charming way. We're charmingly garrulous way. Um, <laughs> uh, to, to quote the New Yorker about Giant Bomb. Hell, if you want, <laughs> if 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 you want a break from that, uh, I've I've been watching. Oh yeah, I've been watching Star Trek Voyager. Let's talk about more Star Trek with, <laughs> as we did like a couple episodes ago. A couple episodes ago, I'm watching more Star Trek Voyager with my boyfriend. 
Um, now, and you you it's, you dropped a bomb on me. Oh, like not that yeah. long ago. I had no idea that Star Trek Voyager was on UPN. Yeah, this is the this is the show that held that held up the sinking ship that was UPN. That that's insane because I always thought it was like a CBS only thing. No, uh, that's, ins- that's totally remi- insane. I mean, if you remember back when, uh, fuck, when like Star Trek the like Next Generation was on the air, like that wasn't on CBS. That wasn't. No. Where was it at? Where was it at? I, I remember watching that on local Channel 8. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... Uh, all right. Yeah, because yeah, cause I actually never... I, I never caught it, because I was too young. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the deal with the rights fuckery is with, like... Uh, with, like, Star Trek and Paramount and CBS and all that shit. That's but, crazy. Well, yeah. cause, well, here, well, here's the thing. Like, I... When Star Trek was on, it, it ran from, like, 87 to 94, I think. And, um, like, I was two years old in 1987, uh, and then in 94, I was, like, nine, so, of course, like, I didn't give a shit about, you know, hard sci-fi, yeah. um, or, you know, like, any, any kind of sci-fi needed to be, you know, Star Wars, it needed to be stupid and over the top, um, but, it, but, like, in mid to late 90s, they re-ran, uh, Star Trek, I believe, on Sci-Fi Channel, and, um, or it, it could have been Sci-Fi Channel, or it could have been another channel somewhere on on uh, cable television and that's where i caught it and uh, okay so i so i never i like i don't think i've ever watched a star trek show during its run <laughs> like during its actual run oh and dude when uh when tng and ds9 were new i was watching those religiously yeah okay and then i i fell out of love with the with the franchise during voyager yeah, and then I didn't even catch any of uh, Enterprise. Enterprise until Jesse had me watch a few episodes. Uh, the later episodes, when they just said "fuck it," we're just going to use these scripts that we've been sitting on instead <laughs> of because in uh, I keep wanting to call it Discovery Enterprise. Discovery is Discovery the new is one. the new one that yeah. hasn't come out yet. It comes out next year. Um, you know, for like a good chunk of the show, they were trying to do story arcs. Right. Some of those were mixed. Uh-huh. In terms of how they they came out with, uh, or that they wound up, uh, so in like the last season they just had like all these like episodic scripts that they were just sitting on. They were just like, all right, we're just going to do these now until the show runs out, <laughs> and those were actually like pretty good. All right, yeah, yeah. That yeah, sometimes that happens where you just sort of like we're at our wits' end. Let's just do the dumb shit we've been sitting on, and like that turns out to be the like the, 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 the good stuff. Well, yeah, they were just sitting on these for like, oh, we'll do these in like seasons five or six because <laughs> yeah. like because back then you could count on a, a star trek show running like seven or eight seasons right seven seasons right and how, how long did enterprise run like three or four right before it got pulled yeah so and at the end then that was the point when like like the death of enterprise like like after after nemesis came out and then the, the death of like enterprise the, the people were they were just like we're, we're done with Star Trek, and it was like yeah, that kind of, yeah, was kind of the end until J.J. Abrams reboot in '09, kind of. Yeah, and and you also have like a lot of because re- the only new the only place you can get like new canon Star Trek stories in the original universe is Star Trek Online, <laughs> a fucking MMORPG, a f- free to play MMO, which is a pretty good game. It's all right. I, I have to play more of it, but I attempted to play some of it. And I, I, it didn't. I like me some Star Trek. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't get into it. 
I like Star Trek, but like I don't know, the games that game's just kind of boring to me. See, because I've I, I mean I've watched I've watched my boyfriend play so much of this game, hmm. and it's like when he whenever he gets into like a ship to ship like starship battle, the no the the sheer wall of sound that comes out of the game when that <laughs> happens when you have like like dozens of ships firing photon torpedoes and phasers and all this rant decloaking and recloaking and shit like that right like, it forms this wall of white noise that's like oddly soothing <laughs> uh you gotta imagine like that's probably what it's like uh on, on an actual starship, uh, if if one, were, if one of those were to exist, it would just be nothing but just. I thought you were gonna. Claxons. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna roll with it, like seeing like no, like the ones that we actually have that exist. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying like if if there were starships like that in Star Trek, like yeah, it would just be like a wall of noise, and just like and just people going and then just like uh, like a bunch of people just going oh fuck, and just like fire everything. Um. <laughs> yeah, because I was watching. Uh, yeah, what's well, interesting? How um, let's just. Uh, I watched the first ep- the first episode of Next Generation not too long ago, and just kind of how calm everyone is to like, all right, everyone get into the saucer part of the ship, and we're just gonna fucking just blast that into space. And like, it's how, <laughs> like how calm everyone is about like you're gonna detach the saucer part of the ship and just just fucking sail it off. It's like, all right, Worf, get in the. So- okay, you need to steer that. Season thing. one was weird, dude. Yeah. I've rewatched some of those recently, and damn, yeah, like, like especially the finale where they try to set up this weird like bug parasite invasion <laughs> of the first seat, and they never they never come back to this ever, <laughs> except for the MMORPG. They finally go back to the bug invasion storyline. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, but it was like crazy, like where the end of the. <laughs> Because this was this was like a meme like a couple of years ago, just like sharing this dumb Star Trek gif right. of uh, of like uh, Picard and Riker like looking at each other and then like both firing their phasers on like the that one Star Tre- Starfleet uh, admiral. I, th- I think it was an admiral that got uh, I I forget what this dude's rank was, but he got like possessed by the queen alien, right. and then he fucking explodes into bits of gore everywhere, <laughs> and they fire on the alien, and then the alien explodes into bits of gore everywhere. And you're just like, this is fucking Star Trek. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like something that would be in like one of the movies, like one like one of yeah. the like, like, like where they really tried to be like, no, it's an action movie with Picard. But yeah, they were like trying to actionize the series at some point. Right. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> the puppets looked really good, though. Yeah, I mean right. the effects were pr- were pretty were pretty damn good for That's, like eight for like late eighties TV. Yeah, I mean that that was the thing. I was watching like the first episode, um, like because yeah, the, the first episode of TNG that's eighty seven, and like yeah. some some of the special effects in that first episode was just like this is like this would be like mind blowing back in like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, and like yeah, once again, I was two years old, and I probably and I think a lot of them I, still, my mind was blown by everything. A lot of them still hold up. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, it's still cheesy in a way. Like, it's weird. It's like the early TNG was still a bit cheesy because like a part of them was trying to like, you know, was 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 going off of the original series, yeah, which was a cheesy, campy show. And they and, were still writing scripts like they would back in the '60s, where they would have just like I think they would just base they would still like have a random sci-fi writer come in and do like a script or something. Right. Yeah. And um, it's it's interesting. Like oh, the the one crazy thing I actually looked up, um, and um, I guess I, I already did know this at one point, but um, they uh, the 
uh, the movies, the original, the original series cast movies were still going on. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they were still making those movies while uh, Next Generation was was running. Yeah, and like, they didn't stop really doing that until like, like ninety one or ninety two or something like that. And like, and then they put out Generations. Yeah, like ninety four. I, I want to say TNG was already over when Generations came out. I want to say it was like either ninety four or ninety five. Oh God, Generations. Yeah, and then that was uh, uh, that was not great. No, like yeah, none of the, t- the none of the TNG movies seem very good. Like I didn't I didn't watch all of them, but um, like I they, they all just kind of seemed like well, I don't know whatever Red Letter Media did such a good job like like kind of yeah. I mean you know I li- I liked I liked First Contact when it came out, but upon yeah. repeated viewings of that movie, like I really don't. I'm just like this is so on Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> like uh. Then again, you have like later Star Trek that is kind of like not very Star Trek, right? Well, I mean, it's like like because I because I I'm, I'm rewatching Voyager, right? Right, yeah. And it's like they're like torn between having storylines on that show and making it completely episodic, and okay. it being tugged in both directions doesn't do the show favors, right? Because like they're because we're watching like five seasons in now like okay like because we basically started right when jerry ryan came on the show mm-hmm. like that two-parter going from season three to season four okay and but they're still doing up ep- because you are you, are you how familiar are you with voyager no captain janeway is the captain okay <laughs> that's it okay because because part of the thing with with uh, voyager is that they don't have a ship's doctor Okay. Like their doctor is killed off in the first episode. So All they right. have the emergency medical hologram, like this emergency subsystem that's supposed to just that's just supposed to do triage uh-huh. and stuff like that, doing like actual medicine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they keep him active for so long that he he kind of grows his own personality and everything like that. And the doctor's probably my favorite character on the show. Okay. <laughs> and then in like season 5 they you know they they do these they have these dilemma episodes every once in a while where right. they're like you know is the doctor human does he have like human rights or something like that because he's an AI like mm-hmm. he's, right. he's a holographic program and stuff like that but it's like season five and they're still doing this shit <laughs> where they just kind of convenient we're like Janeway of all fucking people is just like no I'm gonna treat the ho- the the doctor basically no different than like a replicator and I'm gonna reprogram his memories and shit like that on him huh. and it's just like. You're five seasons into the show. <laughs> you're, you're still kind of yeah, uh, yeah. Like I've I've not heard anything good about Voyager. Like I've n- I've never heard anything good about the, the like, high. The highs are high and the lows are low. Okay. They have good episodes. They have they have interesting they have interesting arcs and stuff like that. They try to make it weird because they're in this like un- unexplored part of the galaxy so they're just like all right the writers kind of have free reign to do whatever they want and sometimes right. sometimes they go a little too out there and sometimes they rein themselves in too much okay and then you have the episode where Janeway and Paris get turned into salamanders because they went too fast in the shuttle that'll happen to you you get fast in the shuttle you you will turn to a fucking salamander yeah i mean that's that is and then they have little salamander babies with each other. I mean, yeah, once again, that's going to happen, especially with Janeway. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck any of this means. But anyway, <laughs> I sometimes also forget that um, 
I forget just because she looks so different, and her character is 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 so different that uh, Captain uh, the actress who plays Catherine Cap- Mulgrew, Catherine yeah. Mulgrew, um, that she's on Orange Is the New Black. Um, well, and, well, Janeway is like a completely different character from episode to episode. Sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, but, but like, so, like people like when, when depending you, on the writer. When you think of like Captain Janeway, you just think of this sort of like monotone woman, this very just like uh, like like this this harsh school marm type of uh, character. Um, I suppose. And then in other episodes, she's like the fucking uh, the mom captain, like she's gonna bake everybody cookies. Right. And it's just like they, yeah, writers don't know how to like. They, they didn't. Yeah. They couldn't settle on a character for her, like even like kind of late in the show. Hmm. Like they they wanted they wanted her to be this like like ultra smart scientist captain, hmm. and then other times she's just like kind of an asshole for no reason. And I gotta give Ka- I gotta give Catherine Mulgrew credit for doing the best with what she got. She's a she's a really good actress. Yeah. Like she's actually really like like she's she's fantastic on Orange Is the New Black. Like she's really good on that. I mean, there are, there are fan theories that it's the that same ca- character. No, that, no uh, <laughs> like going back to Voyager, that that ca- that uh, Captain Janeway uh, was uh, schizophrenic or yeah. had some sort of mood disorder. Right. That she was just wildly different behavior behavior between episodes. M- maybe maybe some of those ep- episodes where she acted differently, it was actually Q in disguise. <laughs> I think they actually do run into Q at some point. They do. I've I've I've, I've at the very least seen gifts of him his character interacting yeah. with um captain janeway in a bathtub <laughs> i don't think i've seen that one yet or it's like she's just she's taking I, like a, I think that's like i think that may be season six or seven I don't she, like she's taking a bubble bath and then just q appears in in the bubble bath with her fully clothed yeah. uh, and then like and, and at one point um like he goes to, he, go, he goes in to like kiss her or something <laughs> and like but it's just him, him being crazy that's he's such yeah. a fucking great character. Like yeah. I, like I, um, as I was when I was watching it with my dad, um, what we actually what happened with uh, that was uh, my dad and I were watching a bunch of uh, Eric Andre episodes, and then we were just and then like afterwards we were like let's some let's watch something different, and I was like let's let's you know watch some some the Next Generation. I haven't seen watched it in a while, and then like watching that, I'm just like dude, if they ever redo Next Generation, they should totally cast Eric Andre as Q. <laughs> 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 like, I was like how, how great would that be? Or as AQ or AQ whatever. Uh, something like that. He can be R. Yeah, and then like, and then have the actual. Then then like, even though it's a reboot universe, just still have John Delancey, and it's and not only is it the same actor, but it's the same character, and the like like he's <laughs> able to go between dimensions or whatever. And he's just sort of God. like, this is like, well, I was done messing with that Picard, now I'm gonna mess with this Picard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just a little bit disappointed though that like Discovery is gonna be another prequel show. Yeah, but I, I but I do like the the idea that it's going to be like a different crew every seat. Like it's going to be like an American Horror Story style show, where it's going to be a different cast and different like. Oh, I didn't know they were going. That yeah. I knew. I know that they were going to have like season long story arcs. I didn't know they were going to completely swap out the crew um, every season. At least that's what I heard. Okay. Why, okay. Are right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you, even though it's during the podcast. You just look this up on your phone right now because let's <laughs> my phone's off. Oh, your phone's off. Oh, damn it. Yeah. All right. I I that's what I had heard. I could that it could have been. Well, who the hell? I mean, the show doesn't even come out next year. I I had heard rumors that I don't know if she got signed on for it, but I had heard that they were looking at Angela Bassett as the captain at one point. Okay. All right, yeah, which I, would I be cool. Oh yeah, yeah, no, totally. Angela, Angela Bassett's awesome. 
Um, but like, I'm trying to think. Like, I, like, yeah, maybe that was what I heard. But I, someone, I think someone had maybe it was like somebody likened it to American Horror Story. So I'm like, or but I, I could have sworn that they said it was going to be a different ship and a know. different crew every season. Either way, this show's a year off. Yeah, but I mean, my main thing is like, please, enough with prequels. enough with the prequels, right? I mean, not that the not that the Kelvin universe movies are bad. I, I really like them, but yeah. I've I'm kind of had enough of those. Right, the J.J. Uh, Abrams. Well, no, I mean it's in it's it's still in the original Star Trek universe. Okay, okay, but it's you know it's 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 supposed to be like ten years before the original series, so okay. basically the same time period. Okay, yeah, and um, yeah, and I, yeah, I would like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I would love to see more in like the TNG period of, of time. Yeah, and, and I mean that, to, that, like, to go back to that. that and that was have, like, that's that's like a hundred years later, right? That's about like a hundred years. Jeez, in uh, the future, because in the first episode of TNG, uh, Bo- Bones. Bones is in it, and he's like a hundred and thirty something years old. Um, oh, that's right. And so, so it's just like, and so I want to say he was like thirty something in t- in the original. And they series. run into they run into Scotty in a TNG episode, in the one with the Dyson sphere. Okay, but he had been stuck in a transporter buffer for like a few decades or something like that. Huh. Weird. Um. Yeah, that, yeah, that must have been like. Um, when did he? Di- when did the actor uh, who plays Scotty? Uh, when did he die? He- James Monaghan. Yeah, like a couple years ago. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. No, I, no, actually, no. It, it was uh, actually no. I, I want to say it was in the '90s, somewhere. Because I remember. Because you remember there was a Futurama episode, like an early Futurama episode. Was where, there? Uh, like, well, yeah, because there was an early Futurama episode that had the entire like Star Trek cast reunited, but since. Uh, he he had already died. Uh, they that Scotty was not in that episode. Hold on a minute. I'm gonna. <laughs> Are you gonna like, just start like looking? I'm just gonna look up uh, look up look it up on the fucking computer here. Hold on. You're gonna hear clicking, gonna, clicking gonna, and typing. You're gonna hear clacking, clicking and clacking, slipping and slapping. Or right, we're probably gonna wind this down anyway. So we're yeah, because we, we were hitting like the 50 minute mark, and we originally wanted to make this a short episode. So eh, well, I mean like under an hour, somewhere like that, and. Um, Scotty, Montgomery, Scotty. No, James. Do what? Wait, James. What, what did I originally Duhan. say his man? His name was James Monahan. Maybe his name is James <laughs> Duhan. Okay, okay. All right then. So he died. Oh no, we're both wrong. Two thousand five. Huh. So I we both have really warped perceptions of time. All right. Well, I, I could have sworn that one episode of Futurama was. Um, like, like, was it was it was after he passed away, and that was why he wasn't in that episode of Futurama. That's probably right. Something like that, and because um, like the rest of the cast was there, it was, it was like it was uh, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, uh, yeah. Michelle, you know, Michelle Nichols, yeah. George Takei, everything like that. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so both him and uh, and Leonard Nimoy, yeah, from from the original cast have uh, passed away, and um, and now look, uh, it's uh. Now you got also uh, from from the new cast, uh, Anton Yelchin, like that. Yeah, he passed away. Yeah, so, that was that was like a crazy. That was a car. That was a car. That was a crazy freak accident. Freak accident, which really sucked because like like outside outside of Star Trek, he's he's done some other stuff and he's a good actor. He was he was a good actor, like he was a yeah and um and super young. So that's so that was really uh, unfortunate, but. Uh, while while you're here, I guess you can also look up Star Trek Discovery and see like you know like, right, like fine. we're already here at Wikipedia. We're already... 
I don't want to get any darker talking about dead actors. Well, one thing I was gonna I was gonna ask is like, do you as a as an end cap to the episode? You're talking to the microphone. <laughs> as an end cap for the episode, uh, you know what 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 plans do you have for media consumption in the next week? Oh, okay. Um, I am going to go see the Magnificent Seven, which is a film that uh, just came out. Uh, and so I was going to uh, we talk a bit about that. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, there really isn't anything on the video game front that I've been, like, the, the, the next game that I'm actually looking, really looking forward to is Dishonored 2, and that's in, like, November. So, I, um, so I don't know about that. And then, like, mo other movies, I, I, there are other movies that I wanted to see, uh, I can't think of off, off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, definitely, definitely gonna be talking about things. We're not going to be talking about not things. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm seeing that it's the first season is going to be one long storyline about aboard this uh, the Discovery, but I'm not right. seeing like the different crew each season thing. All right, yeah, yeah that so, might have been that. I might be completely wrong about that, and that might have been, or it's just not on Wikipedia or something like that. Like I had I had heard for different things. We'll we'll know more in in the future, but uh, yeah, I like I it's it's interesting. It's it's kind of cool that there's just there's a new Star Trek series. Like we've yeah. we haven't had those in a while. Unfortunately, it's going to go to the CBS's like proprietary streaming service. But yeah, but uh, well, well, whatever. We'll we'll see. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? And uh, do you say? All right, fine. Here's what we're going to cap the, the the episode off with. All right, let's say we have. All right, we have the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek movies. We have those three. I kind of don't see them making another one with the original cast, you know, that cast of, like, Kirk, Spock, that whole thing. Do well, you apparently they're in pre-production already for the fourth movie. Well, then fuck me. I could have sworn that I had heard that they weren't going to make another one. Okay. Uh, I, had, I had heard by the time that the third one came out that they were already working on the fourth. Well, then. So, do, uh, so are they going to... They're just going to replace Anton Yelchin, then? I have no idea. I'm assuming, then. I have no Or if they're going to write Scotty out, or some... Or, uh, That's not, not Scotty. Not Scotty. Uh, Chekhov yeah. out. Um, yeah, that, yeah that, that would be... Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, they... I guess it wouldn't be that disrespectful to cast a, a different actor. I mean, that's happened... I mean, like, look, look, at, look at Dumbledore. Like, you know... Yeah, they, yeah, he, they, happened. He, he died, and then they they, they cast uh, Michael Gambon, um, but uh, yeah, uh, so there's that. But like, okay, let's say like what like would you th do you think they would go far into like the next generation by like casting like a new young cast of Picard and Riker and Troy and I don't all know. Of them? I don't know if they're gonna go that far. I mean, right now they're riding on the nostalgia. I mean, between. The the Kelvin universe like reboot movies, and the new show, Discovery that's going to come out. Yeah, they're kind of riding on nostalgia for Toss. Basically. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the I don't know if series. they're going to get into the point where they're going to ride on nostalgia for TNG. Because there, I mean, because there are, there are plenty of people out there. With you say like, all right, would you prefer original series or next generation? There's plenty of people that are like, oh, next generation. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm one of those people. Oh yeah, me too. As much as I love Toss, I yeah. mean, it, and it's it, it's like I, and, and you know like it's you know they made it's it's, like, it's not like they didn't you know make movies based on next generation. I mean, there were next generation movies too. There were there were four of them, and like, a lot of people didn't like. Them. A lot of people didn't like them, <laughs> but they can make better ones now yeah. and they can and you know but of course you know they could uh 
and you know and there are plenty of like you know young actors that could you know play these roles and uh yeah and uh you know it's there's there's things that you can do with uh, with that cast and uh, and like there isn't a i mean the i don't know i mean because it was confusing enough for audiences like when they started doing the whole reboots thing and the whole soft reboots thing yeah and the alternate timeline thing right like if you have like some sort of like like star trek tng like interquel movies that are like after the tv series but before generations or whatever like would audiences go for that i don't know that is and, but, and at that point like, don't forget they kill off data in nemesis yeah but i i mean like what i'm saying is fuck all of that and, and, and just like <laughs> just and, ignore it and just do a reboot and just do a, a straight <laughs> reboot and like don't and and and, and like don't but i mean like like it's people a lot of people have said that it's it was smart to kind of go the route that uh the first jj abrams um star trek went and then and just actually have it be like oh this is set in a alternate universe from uh, uh, the original series, and then you all you, and you bring in the original series. You know, you bring in Leonard Nimoy, and then like you know, like to, to kind ease of, everybody in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like that. But I feel like now that you've done that with th- those movies, I feel like you wouldn't need to do that with Next Generation. Uh, if you, I mean, I mean, like you, you still could, I guess, do that and have like either like Patrick Stewart or uh, or like I, th- I think Patrick Stewart would probably be the one that you'd have to do. Um, I mean, like no, no one's gonna like. Uh, I mean, or, or you know. Um, fuck, Jordy, Jordy's Levar Burton. Levar Burton. That's that's yeah. his name. Um, he actually like, shows up in Voyager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know. He I has know. a small cameo in Voyager. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but uh, to to kind of like to, to kind of do that. But like I think like since they've done that already, I think like, I feel like they, they, they like they don't need to do that with with uh, next generation. Um, and I think like and I think part of that reason is the fact that it isn't as old. As Hell, you know what? If they wanted to do that with Next Generation, they could just use John Delancey and just have oh, Q do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and just yeah, and, and then like and once again because that would make sense because like he's this kind of all he's this weird omnipotent like you know being, being or whatever, or like that. Yeah. and like and they can totally do like you know, even though I, I said that earlier as a joke, but he could possibly just come in and just be like like you know like well I'm done you know messing with that he other could, Picard. He could literally get John Delancey to do it. Yeah, and yeah, and, and to do that, and then. Uh, and then men then throw in Eric Andre because why not? <laughs> as a as, as his ap- apprentice cue, <laughs> was even crazier. Yeah. Um, God. Anyway, we've had this has been a long podcast. So we were originally going to do like a short, like thirty minute fucking episode. All right, so we're done for now. We're done for now. Um, I don't know. You were gonna. You're gonna see the Magnificent Seven. Yep, I'm gonna see that. This uh, one. We're trying to do here. One homework assignment I may have for myself is to at least start on the Depression Trilogy by Lars von Trier. Oh, that's right. You, I knew you said you were gonna which do Which would be, I think the first one in that is Melancholia. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to get in Melancholia this week. That's yeah. Watch the Earth explode. Yeah. Spoilers. With Kirsten even that, Dunst. Even though that happens in the first five minutes of the movie. I mean, that's what the that's the plot of the fucking movie. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll catch but, you. Yeah. So yeah, there's, so it's Melancholia, uh, Antichrist, and Nymphomaniac. Both parts of Nymphomaniac. Yeah. So like both parts of that movie make up like one. Movie. Yeah. It's not a quadrilogy. It's a trilogy with a two with part one movie. of them in two parts. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. We'll 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 catch we'll catch all you lovely human beings later. All right, yeah, we'll we'll see you 
you, we, we love you. We appreciate you. And we will also <laughs> catch us on Stitcher if you're not already catching us on Stitcher. Uh, also on, on the YouTube and uh, on Twitter and um, stuff. We don't have an Instagram. We don't have so an Instagram. So you can't catch us on Instagram. Or Facebook. Yeah. We're on so. Twitter, though. That's what's important. And YouTube. A bunch of weird... We've got crazy videos on YouTube. If you want to see Colin eating a piece of bread rather aggressively, that's on YouTube. It's, it's comedy. It's co that's how comedy works. Turn off this podcast. All right. Goodbye. Shut down these machines. Oh, shut God, it won't shut down. But shut them down yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.